This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Mark Sheldon, who covers the very busy Cincinnati Reds for MLB.com. And Mark, I think you and I have maybe had the most to talk about out of all of the podcasts that I get to co-host with you guys. Uh, you, Your team may have been the busiest out of the NL Central and the Padres and the Dodgers. That's that's the crew that I have. And I, I think that makes you happy, right? Definitely. I like covering news. I like when there's things to do in, in past off seasons. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about every going into every off season, every club says they're going to be busy and active and working on improving the team. But uh, sometimes it doesn't really pan out or the, the, the moves are lackluster, but no one can accuse the Reds of being lackluster this winter. Everything from the hiring of their manager to the coaching staff to uh, player acquisitions have all been very interesting. Yeah, this has been uh, really busy and, and just great for us to be able to have a lot of great conversations over the past couple of weeks. And Sunny Gray gives us one more reason to do that. So obviously on Reds.com, you can read all about this trade and what went into it. But I think anyone who is following baseball this offseason knows that the Yankees were rumored they're trying to find a way to get him a new home. And obviously it worked with the Reds for so many different reasons. And, and you kind of found all of these different reasons why Sunny Gray and the Reds fit together really well. So the Yankees and Sonny Gray obviously decided on that one-year contract and avoided arbitration last week. And then obviously everything fell in place with the Reds. And on his own, Mark, you wrote about how he decided he wanted to sign a three-year contract extension. It's worth $30.5 million. He's going to dig his cleats in and get to work with the Reds. And his struggles in 2018 were no secret. Uh, but I loved this quote that you had. Sonny Gray said, I honestly think you can go through some hardships at times and come out the other end better than you ever were. And I loved that quote. It applies to so many things, but especially Sonny Gray, obviously optimistic for 2019. So let's let's just break down all the reasons why this uh, acquisition is so positive for the Reds. On the on the red side, they, they get a pitcher under control for for at least three years, with so have an option for the fourth year. And with Alex Wood and Tanner Roark, their other trade acquisitions only being on the one year avoiding arbitration contracts, they don't have to have three of their new starters, all three, uh, bolt as a free agent after the season. So they have a, one guy that's going to be able to stick around. Uh, they were able to get him without giving up. Uh, a lot of prospects. They did give up a compensation round A pick, and they also gave up Shed Long, uh, their number seven uh, prospect, a second baseman, who was then immediately flipped to Seattle in a separate trade. Um, and you know they were looking for a frontline starter. I don't know if Gray profiles is that uh, right now, at least, but he does uh, have the ability to from his track record in Oakland and they were able to get maybe this potential frontline guy without giving up Nick Senzel or Taylor Trammell or Hunter Green or Jonathan India. 
all of whom would have been required to get someone, let's say, like Corey Kluber, or they also avoided spending even more money that it would have cost uh, to get someone like Dallas Keuchel. So they, for that reason, it all made sense. And then they looked at his numbers uh, statistical-wise. Yeah, he stunk at Yankee Stadium last year, but uh, his velocity on his fastball was consistent where it's been for the last four or five years. The spin rate on his curveball is consistent where it's been the last four or five years. There really isn't an explanation for why he couldn't succeed as a Yankee but all his road numbers were very solid. He had a 317 ERA on the road compared to 698 at home last season. And the Reds believe that that information and his, uh, you know, his metrics should translate into uh, possibly a successful year. And as for Gray, there's a lot of other reasons he wanted to do it. He's got to be reunited with Derek Johnson, his college coach at Vanderbilt. I love that. He gets to pitch in Cincinnati, not far from his home in Nashville. And as on a on a totally personal level, he his first ever major league game happened to be a Great American <laughs> Ballpark, which and about a lot of fans I've noticed on Twitter saying that makes them feel old because most Reds they come people that come to the Reds will say hey, I remember going to my first game at Riverfront Stadium, so uh, that was interesting. So uh, so for a lot of reasons, it really worked on both sides. So. What that leads me into to the next question. We talked about this a little bit, but let's dig into the rotation now that, that Sonny Gray has been added. Every every reporter for MLB.com wrote about if the season started today, what that rotation would look like. So let's just dial through that one more time. Sure. Uh, the, the starting five isn't totally, and I would say the first four are known. I, I won't necessarily put them in a, in a specific order. I don't think that's to be determined yet, but the, the four guys that, that I think are stone cold locks, are, of course, Gray, Tanner Roark, Alex Wood, and uh, a holdover in Luis Castillo. Um, that's, that looks like a pretty good starting forum and obviously a much improved one from the previous year. Uh, spot is a little uh, fluid, but I would say Anthony DiScalfani is on the maybe the inside track just based on his, his track record. Last year he was not very good, though, but he's the kind of guy that I would think could rise up and, and take that spot if he's healthy, but you can't discount Sal Romano. Michael Lorenzen is a reliever who wants to start. Uh, then you wonder about Tyler Malley, who had a rocky rookie year. And then further back, Robert Stevenson is going to be out of options. So there's, uh, there's definitely more depth in this starting pitching crew than there's been in a long time. And what makes this one a little bit more interesting is that the there's three guys and veterans that are that have proven track records, and you kind of know what you're going to get. You you mentioned Michael Lorenzen, and I saw this video on social. I don't know if you saw it, Mark, of him on the beach doing some outrageous workouts that made me feel inadequate in every single way. He's basically on monkey bars, hanging upside down, doing what what you would do like a chin up, but he's doing upside down basically. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, Mark. I like to think I work out, and then you see something like that. But good to know Michael Lorenzen is uh, on the beach getting his body ready for the season, maybe hoping to hit some dingers as well. And the last thing I wanted to say, Mark, about Sonny Gray is that I, I, I just keep thinking about that quote and, and how every guy who describes Sonny Gray, everyone who's played with Sonny Gray knows that he's a he's a fighter he's scrappy and he wants it and he's competitive and I just think that this is a really great fit for the Reds and their rotation and the investments that they're making to get a guy like him he's a veteran but he's young and he's going to bring some some you know experience and knowledge but he's going to that competitiveness is is going to be first class and coming off of a season and a half with the Yankees where it didn't work out 
he he just said like the Reds feel like home. It was a no brainer. I thought that was pretty cool because it doesn't always work out that way. Uh, when a guy has a rough year like that, especially in the Bronx, it's not easy to play in New York. It's not that as pitcher friendly as other parks. Um, so I think that I, I really like the deal. Yeah. Uh, Derek Johnson actually pointed that out that uh, knowing him pretty well from his college years from 2008 to 11, that, that, that he's a very, very competitive yeah. person. He's also, especially after the adversity that he's learned from is he's hungry mm-hmm. and you have to try to prove something not only to the, to the world, but to himself. And so that, that does play well in, in, in a sense, having a motivated pitcher certainly does not hurt. Um, and the NL central yeah. too, Mark is no, you know, it, it's no, you know, it's not an easy division, you know, it's, it, yeah, obviously the, the AL East is, um, last year was incredible with the Yankees and the Red Sox and even the Tampa Bay Rays uh, pushing there a little bit. But when you look at the National League East and the National League Central and um, and what they're doing with their pitching staffs, I mean, the Reds are right there on the cusp and, and the talent that he's going to face in the NL Central is going to really help him see whether or not he he's got it. I think it's it's not not a joke. It, it's it's not at the same time i i will say this and i don't want to be the the wet blanket but <laughs> even with even with all these additions that the reds have made to their rotation and it's definitely a better rotation you're you're gonna find a lot of people still predicting them to come in fourth uh because right. are these and is this team better than the cubs brewers and cardinals and that's going to be hard to justify it's going to be one of those things where the reds could be the sleeper team that maybe surprises some people but um the pitching staffs on those other clubs are still pretty formidable and we'll have to see if the reds can rise up. Now they have an offense that they really like. And a lot of those guys are back and obviously they've improved it with uh, Yasiel Puig. Uh, the rotation's better. The bullpen was solid last year and they generally play pretty good defense. So they do have a good chance to really improve and They're get out. Shake of- it up. They're definitely going to shake it up. I mean, I hear you and, and you got to play both sides, but luckily for me, I'm not covering the team. So, um, my, my very, you know, uh, expert opinion here, my humble opinion, I just think a team like the Reds get to come in and you're the underdogs. So what do you have to lose? I think is the mindset. And I think that they're going to prove a lot of people and turn a lot of heads uh, when it comes to the season and shake it up. Maybe they do come in fourth, but it's not necessarily, I think, because they're the fourth best team. I think it's just because the other three have have had their, their group of guys together for longer and work. maybe they know how to work together for longer. But I don't think it's because they're fourth worst. Well, I, I can tell you this. The, the, the excitement of the market of Cincinnati and Reds fans has definitely been taking notice of the moves. On Caravan, uh, a lot of people commented how the Caravan stops were more crowded at everywhere they went. There was more enthusiasm than they saw maybe even at Reds Fest, which is always an enthusiastic crowd. So Reds fans are enjoying this uh, time. The Reds are clearly the most uh, active team of any team this offseason. I don't think any any other team can say that they were more active than Cincinnati. So uh, they definitely captured the imagination of Reds fans and, and and now it's just a question of how they can do on the field. They have a, a first-year manager who seems very capable. They have a very well-regarded pitching coach and a hitting coach in Turner, in Turner Ward. So, a lot of reunions, Mark, on this team with what? Puig. A lot of reunions with Puig and yeah. Turner Ward and, and Derek Johnson and Sonny Gray. I like that. It's thought out. Yeah. 
it it does it doesn't hurt, right? Yeah. If you know some one thing with Derek Johnson is they they relied on his uh, knowledge of Gray and before pulling the trigger, and uh, they um, they you know his makeup was something that is always going to come into play with any acquisition you're going to invest money into, like they are, and they just felt that that was a connection, and that was how Puig and Turner Ward kind of worked out as far as uh, the, the Reds. Uh, got Ward first, and then when they made this trade, they probably checked in with Ward and to see what what they thought uh, he could do with Puig and continue that he had in Los Angeles. It doesn't hurt. Okay, Mark, we are going to end this podcast talking about Johnny Bench. You are going to a screening tonight of a documentary that will be premiering on MLB Network, but you're getting a first look at it. Uh, what what are you excited? Are you excited? What, I mean, I saw a couple of snippets on MLB Network about it, and I had the chance to meet Johnny Bench last year uh, during a Kingsford commercial shoot I was helping produce, and uh, it was he was cracking jokes on set the whole time. Uh, very lighthearted. Um, that, was, that was a pretty cool moment for me, but I know you've probably had the chance to have a few more interactions with him. Yeah, I've got to know him over the years and I've interviewed him a few times and he's definitely the guy that likes to, to crack up. He's always going to do some humor and I'm expecting he's going to be at the premiere tonight uh, at, and speaking afterwards with uh, Fran Charles from MLB Network. It, it's going to air next Wednesday on the 30th at eight o'clock. Um, what I'm going to find interesting is that his life is really changed a lot uh in the last few years he's now a single father of two small kids he's got he's got some grown kids as well uh his son bobby actually worked for the reds for a number of years uh but he now has two young boys as a 70 year old single dad in florida and i i think the documentary is going to touch on a lot about that and how he raises his kids and lives his life as kind of a normal guy and uh it's also going to touch on his childhood in oklahoma and certainly the great baseball career he's had in between so I'll be interested to see how they uh, put it all together. It's a 90-minute showing, and Johnny Bench is easily one of the top one or two players in Reds history. It's really kind of Pete Rose and Johnny Bench to a lot of people, and it's kind of one of those things that depends on where you're from or what what you like is it's either Pete or Johnny, and you're never going to get a consensus, I don't think, but greatest catchers of all time that's indisputable and he played his entire career in Cincinnati and he's been part of the, some of the best teams the big red machine so uh thing to watch <laughs> yeah absolutely look out for that uh reds.com to catch up on everything that's been going on reds.com because the hot stove is, is still cooking but Mark Sheldon I appreciate your time yes thank you very much it's getting to be uh, really close to Arizona time and we Still some more hot stove things to fill in. They need a center fielder. They need a maybe a reliever again. So it's going to be pretty neat the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you're going to be busy. I'm going to be a quarter of as busy as you are. But I'm excited to, to talk to you next week, Mark, and, and see what the Reds have cooked up. Thanks, Danny. All right, with Mark Sheldon, I'm Danny Wexelman. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 